Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Beautiful Minds. My name is Martin, I'm joined by Staz and our guest today is Maria Guilfoyle, founder of the popular blog Power Thread, which aims to connect women around the world and redefine the word power through discussions on confidence, mental health and inspiring stories. Maria, we can't wait to talk to you more about your story and plans for the future, but firstly, welcome to Beautiful Minds. How are you? I'm great. I first want to say thank you for having me on this podcast. I'm super excited to be here. So I was looking through the Power Thread blog on Instagram and then I went onto the website and I was reading some of the articles and I saw you have loads of ambassadors. Can you tell us a bit about how you got started and where the idea came from? Definitely. So the Power Thread is a media platform I started in college. I started it, um, really it started as a school project that I started posting on Instagram. So I started interviewing friends as well as family members about what it meant for them to be powerful, primarily focusing on women and their unique career paths. And from that, people started referring friends or other people to be featured on the platform. So I started just doing more and more stories and posting them. And over time, it started to grow a little bit of a following and other students as well as recent college graduates were reaching out asking if they could write for the platform and I thought why not so it really grew out of um, a lot of interest in the draw I got from social media and over time it has become a small media company we have a few different channels from our website to our emails our virtual events in-person events um, the Instagram but the goal is really to share stories from women about what it means to be powerful and kind of redefine that so that it's not this like buttoned up traditional form of power that women can be powerful in multiple different ways throughout their career path um, with multiple interests and hobbies and we try to create very genuine um, trustworthy content that can be helpful for that 18 to 30 year old woman who's kind of trying to navigate the start of their career. And just to go a bit further back then and see what happened before college, like what triggered you to actually start focusing on this topic in particular? Um, that's a great question. I think I started focusing on this topic in particular for a few different reasons. The first is that, so before college, when I was younger, I figure skated competitively and I have always been someone that had some sort of activity on the side of school or work. And um, I think it's like that balance of hard work and that you like unique experience that my classmates weren't having. Um, it's kind of like made me more interested in like more different career paths and not always following the norm, like not just kind of this like educational path of like going to college and becoming a lawyer, or going into like a business setting. At the same time, my mom is um, has a very successful career. She's a lawyer and she's always worked well. I was a kid um, and at the same time was a great mother. And so I have a lot of friends that say they can't imagine like how they would have grown up without their mom staying home and taking care of them. And my mom did both. And so that's always inspired me to have a, like a career um, and really prioritize that. Um, but at the same time, it's like challenging when you're, I'm 24 years old, um, like at the end of college, when you're entering the workforce to figure out what the right job is for you. And I, um yeah so i think the background of like always having another activity and also having this like role model in my life um are two things that triggered the need for this platform yeah yeah interesting i think another another factor that i'm not mentioning is i've always been a creative person active on social media and i found that 
a lot of platforms weren't as genuine um, or like sharing a full story as I would like them to. And so I really wanted to create a platform that allowed um, people to see a full story, see some stuff, some unfiltered content that isn't typically shared on social media. Yeah. And so how long have you been doing this for now in total? It's about two years since I started posting. Um, when I first started posting, there wasn't a logo. It was just called the power thread. It had like a little pink icon that said the power thread on it. It was not really that cute. Um, so two years since I started just posting, but about a year and a half since I had ambassadors and a team around it and clear branded content. Yeah. And you do this full time now. This is your primary focus at the moment. Is that right? No, I have a full time job. Yes. Yeah. So tell us more about that as well. Yeah. So I work full time for Gap. I went through their rotational management program after college, which I loved. And I'm now in merchandising. So I do kind of like merchandising product strategy jobs. So yeah. pretty different from the power thread, but I really love it. And to any other, you know, recent college graduate, or even if you're not in college, if you're entering the workforce in any way, I think it's really awesome to enter the workforce, have a really great learning experience in your job and make an impact there. But it can be cool to have something on the side. And I think if I had done the power thread full time, I would have lost out on a great learning opportunity if I've had for my day job. So I really enjoyed having both. And I think I want to, I want to continue to have both. Completely. Yeah. I think, you know, they can, complement each other and help you uh, as well so uh, that does make sense and what is your goal with regards to the power thread where would you like to be say in uh, 10 years time great question so that's something that's been evolving it's changed over time what I want it to be and I'm still trying to figure that out the short-term goal is to continue to grow this community we've built and we've built two communities we've built the community that's the followers that really are inspired by this content and then the women we featured that are a network of their own of women creating a lot of impact in different spaces and long term i really wanted to be a multi-channel trustworthy source for women at the start of their career um, a place that they can go to answer questions that they may have at the beginning of their career um, resources and I think it can kind of become a mixture of resources, um, potentially an e-commerce shopping platform. Um, I also have, we've been discussing potentially like turning into some sort of VC fund that invests in female founded businesses um, or turning it into a book. So there's a lot of different ideas floating around that I'm, I'm currently working on exploring. Yeah, that's a lot of different ideas, definitely. I kind of need to focus it a little more, um, but I think right now, you know, there's just so much opportunity to learn from the audience. So continuing to yeah. grow the audience will yeah. kind of help identify what that long-term And a lot is. of it's user-generated, right? I know you have ambassadors, but I think a lot of the ideas and a lot of the inspiration come from people that consume what you, what you put out there as well. Totally. I love that you use the word user-generated. Um, and I agree. I think that's something unique about the power thread, which is that we never really like personally decide what we're going to talk about. It's what the women we interview share. So we do these interviews and we ask them questions, but we always ask, is there anything else you want to share? And whatever they share is what we post. Um, and anyone who reaches out to us, we always say yes to featuring them. So it's essentially like anyone who wants to share content can reach out to us and we help them curate it and we post it on the website. 
So everything we talk about is something that our users care about. Interesting. And what's been your most memorable story? Oh, that's hard. There's so many. That's like picking well, like a favorite you can go through child. A top three maybe. Okay, top three favorite stories. I think the stories um, that have been my favorite are ones that I've learned a lot from, um, or that have kind of inspired my career path. So we interviewed this one lady who. Um, was one of the co-founders of Women's March in New York, and she was a former pastry chef. Um, she actually worked at Facebook for a while and like was in charge of making pastries for the Facebook office um, and has had a variety of different career experiences. But she talked about how when she, when right after um, Trump was elected um, and she saw this information about Women's March, she reached out to them and they kind of wanted to take her on board to get it started. Um, and how she kind of dropped everything in her career at that moment to focus on this other passion of hers. And I thought it was really inspiring how she said, I said to her, were you worried about like leaving your career and doing this other thing? And she said, no, because I knew at this moment that this was needed and I could come back to what I was doing before. And I thought that was so powerful how she just like took this break and went and did something else and had the confidence to do that. Um, some of the other stories that really inspire me are women who have started businesses focused around um, something like a problem in the world that they really care about. So we interviewed this one lady that created a very sustainable clothing brand. Um, and she talked about like her whole entire life path of how, um, how like she's cared about fashion before and product creation and how inspired sustainability inspired her and how she wanted to create change in that space and how she used all these different life experiences to make that impact. Um, so I think it's the stories that I feel like I've learned a lot from um, that I've really enjoyed putting together. That's interesting, yeah. It's amazing how you mentioned the first story, how she, she left her job and then kind of had that bravery to say well if I if it's meant to be if it's still there when I want to go back to it I can do that it's like I'm I'm in charge of my own life I like that attitude yeah totally I a lot of the women when we one thing we always do in every story is we ask them what it means for them to be powerful and the cool thing is that every answer is different um but of quite a few of them have said realizing that they have like control over their life and their choices and realizing that they have the ability to make like the changes or um, the impact they want to make is what has like helped them to find their power and find their like realize their power. And I think that's so cool because we, we all are like the curators of our life and we can make the decisions we want to make and live the way we decide to live. Um, and so I thought that, I thought that would, I th always think that's very cool. What does being powerful mean to you? So to me, being powerful comes a lot from community and the people you surround yourself by. I think people have the opportunity to lift each other up and help, and as a community, help each other be their most powerful self. Um, but I also think it comes individually from a constant curiosity to learn and improve yourself and fight for something you believe in. And to me, being powerful comes a lot from always being open, honest, um, empathetic, 
truthful that I'm not perfect and that there's lots of ways, like lots of things I want to do and improve on, but being truthful and honest with myself. Um, and I think power also comes from confidence and constantly striving to be your best self in any situation you're in and make a positive impact. Who do you think you need to speak to to take it to the next level in terms of the kind of message you're trying to get out there? Is there anyone in particular that you, if they're listening, maybe you'd say, okay, I'd, you know, I'd love to have a meeting with them or have a coffee or a Zoom call? Yeah, I guess another way of looking at it is, um, yeah. are there any mentors maybe that you can think of that you look up to? I have a few mentors and actually we've talked about turning the power that into some sort of mentoring platform. Okay. Um, but I, I think like mentorship is so important and it's hard to find because it's very organic. I have this mentor named Courtney that I just like met at this random event and we stayed in touch and started getting coffee every other month. And it's very genuine. Um, she's like 10 years older than me and we're friends and she just always asks me about all questions related to my job, life, personal stuff. Um, and I think that's really special and it can be hard to find. Like I have a a lot of people I know that I can reach out to for questions or help, but having that like one person that kind of always is able to help is really cool. And, but in terms of just like anyone in the world that could be a mentor for the power thread, I think there's two people that have platforms I'm really inspired by. Um, so the first is Ariana Huffington and Thrive Global. I'm inspired by how she has created this platform all around mental health and she's doing it at a time where it's very needed and she grew it very quickly. Of course, she had a huge reach before, but I think Thrive is a, a very positive, impactful, meaningful platform. Also right now, we are at a time where we have too much content in the world. Like mm. the media companies create content, we create our own content and we all make we're making podcasts now. We all have our Instagrams. Like if you think about like the word social media, like you should just be media, which was magazines and newspapers and books. And then internet came and we created this like social form of media where we all create our own media. So there's just so much content being put out into the world. And so I think it's really meaningful when a platform or an individual creates content that isn't oversaturating the space and is actually really adding true value and helping people around the world. So I love what Ariana Huffington has created with Thrive. I also think Goop, which is created by Gwyneth Paltrow is really cool. I know it's a little controversial. It's not the most always the most affordable lifestyle, but it definitely has a positive intention. Um, it they share a lot of content that's very helpful. The content is free. The products may be expensive, but the content information is free. And a lot of women go to Goop to find out information about anything. They like use it as like a Google for women related like wellness stuff. So I, I think that's um, incredible. And I'm impressed by how she's created a platform that's a, a media company, a blog. Um, they have multiple channels. They have a podcast. They sell clothing. They sell products. They have food blog. They have recipes. They have so many different parts of that platform and that's what i want the power thread to become like mm. i think it's definitely true what you said about uh being saturated i find there is so much out there sometimes it can be quite difficult to uh to know what what to saturate yourself with 
Um, mm -hmm. And actually, I was reading this book quite recently. I don't know if you've, uh, you know, of Robin Sharma? Yeah. Yeah, the 5am club. And uh, he was actually saying that today in the world, it's very easy to be, to be very good because everyone else is so average. It's very easy to be great these days. So I guess mm -hmm. that's, that's something that can be applied to making yourself better and sort of finding the best in terms of what to saturate yourself with as well. But what do you mean by that everyone is average? So he was saying that basically he gave quite a few examples. So for example, like it was, it's silly things. Like he said that he went to a restaurant once uh, and when they gave him his ginger tea with lemon, they've, they've taken the pips out of the lemon. Uh, and he mm -hmm. was saying that that type of attention to detail is so rare these days that it's quite easy to overlook details and be quite average whereas to be great like you have to focus on these small details and um, yeah this is what he meant basically interesting yeah, yeah i do think really zeroing in on details and being disciplined can be um allow you to make a big impact in a variety of, in any space mm. are you reading anything in particular at the moment maria that's inspiring or that you think is relevant to the power thread yeah so not as relevant to the power thread but i've been reading a lot about climate change and sustainability um as someone uh, i work in i work in retail which isn't the most sustainable space and i mean inherently like making product and consumerism is bad for the planet we all buy and make too much and so i've become really interested in how I don't think shopping is going to dra da that drastically change. I think people are always going to buy things. And so how can we buy things in a more sustainable way and reduce our carbon footprint? Um, especially with like Earth Day recently. It's something I've always been passionate about, but I've realized I maybe don't have always have always have the vocabulary to speak about it. And it's something that I really want to understand the facts. So um, I can look at the, the books. I, I keep them on my phone. Um, but I recently finished, it's called um, The Future We Choose Surviving the Climate Crisis. And it just talks through the different part, it breaks it down into three different parts. The first is the history of the climate crisis, um, what the um, different agreements look like, what different countries are doing, and why we need to act now. And then a little bit more about the scientific information and kind of the positive side of it like the things that we are fixing and the fact that we do have the ability to change this and fix this it's not a hopeless cause and then it ends with um like a few takeaways and things we can all do and so i thought that was a really great book and um i'm now reading the uninhabited earth by david wallace wills and it's about life after global warming so he breaks down and i'm only like a few chapters into it, but he breaks down how global warming has actually happened in the past and we've had climate change and that the earth always survives, but um, life doesn't always survive with it. So how, and like, he also breaks down how like he is someone that lives in a city and he's not a scientist or like a like environment. He doesn't have like a huge like degree in environment, like sustainability and um, he's not a scientist, but he wants to make an impact and he writes this book on it. And so I found that very inspiring. Um, yeah, like I read a lot. Yeah, like, like I read a lot. 
I don't read as many novels. I read more like information that I want to learn. So if I become really interested in a space, I just start reading about it. And I also listen to a lot of audiobooks. I get a little antsy like sitting and reading books. I think it's because like I work all day in my day job sitting at a desk. And then I spend a lot of time I'm working on the power that I'm sitting at a desk. Yeah, yeah. And so when I'm not doing those things, I really like to like move. And so I love like putting an audiobook on and my headphones on and taking a walk. Yeah, I think that's what podcast did for me because I couldn't read every day on the train and go to work and sit down, crunch Excel sheets and then come back and read. Yeah. So for me, podcasts were a big saviour to learn in terms of just listening and having, having that kind of third-party conversation happening in the background that I can just jump in and out of. I think that was really important for me. Totally. And I love podcasts for that reason too. And the other thing I love about podcasts and your guys' podcasts also is that they're only about an hour long most of the time. So you can learn so much information or learn about one topic in an hour. And with an audiobook, you know, you have to finish it and it takes it quite a few days of multiple hours and commutes and stuff. So um, I love like if there's something I want to learn about in the moment, I'll like search it on Apple podcasts and see what comes up and listen to a podcast about it. Yeah, for me with audiobooks, I, I like the idea of them, but the problem is that you have to actually write a book that's been purposed for an audio listener. I feel like a lot mm-hmm. of them are written to be read. And then when someone reads it out, it doesn't have that same message. And I don't want to keep using the word powerful, but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes, and I find sometimes with audiobooks, I hear something and I'm like, oh, I want to remember that, but I don't have like, if I had the book, I would like bookmark the page or highlight it. So I end up like pausing it and like writing it down in the notes on my phone to save for later. Yeah. I think today's authors need to look at that strategy a bit carefully and think, okay, I'll write a book to be read and then I'll write a separate book that's designed specifically for audio and have the same title. I think that's the best strategy but I'm not I'm not in a position to start telling you know the Shakespeare's what to do so (laughs) totally I understand one thing I wanted to ask was so do you have any uh, routines like in the morning or in the evening to keep you on top of your work and on top of the thread yeah completely I think routines are very important for productivity and I definitely break my routine sometimes I'm not always perfect and like I think it's also important right now, like it's right now it's Mental Health Awareness Month. And I don't know if it, this podcast will come out during Mental Health Awareness Month, but it's important to recognize that it's okay to not always be productive and it's okay to break your routines. But I do think routine helps with mental health and productivity. So for me, it helps a lot to get up early and go to bed early. So I will try to, and I don't always get up at five or six in the morning, And first thing every day, I have some water, I have a cup of tea to have a little bit of caffeine, and then I work out. Um, Working out for an hour first thing every day, it just wakes me up and like gives me this energy to go throughout my rest of my day. So I think it clears my mind. Whenever I miss my workout, even if I like sleep later and miss my workout, for some reason I feel more tired and like more lethargic and I just don't feel as good throughout my day. So if I get myself to get up early, I work out. Um, typically after that workout, all now we're all working from home, but I would come home and now I'm working out from home as well. Um, but I would like shower, make myself some breakfast. I think breakfast is super important. Having three meals a day, um, helps tremendously whenever I start to like 
change that schedule and eat at weird times, it definitely makes me less productive. Um, so eating a breakfast, showering, getting ready for my day, and then I typically will spend 30 or 40 minutes working on the power thread or just sending some emails before I start my work day. And then I get to work around 8.30, between 8.30 and 9.30 a.m. And then I just focus a lot on my day job. I don't like let other outside distractions come in. I just focus on my day job until that time is wrapped up. And then after work, it depends the day. After work is different every single day, but I normally devote one to two days after work to the power thread um, and work on it for like two hours. But some days I go to events, some days I have dinner with friends, um, totally depends on the day. And then at night, I've actually struggled a little bit more developing a nighttime routine and it's something that I'm starting to master more. But I find it helps to like give myself an hour, 30 minutes to an hour where I wind down with no technology. So putting my phone away, my laptop away, um, and maybe it's like writing a little bit or cleaning my apartment or setting my outfit out for the next day, just doing little things that need to get done, but staying off screens helps a lot at night for me. Yeah. Um, I also found I used to listen to like a lot of podcasts or books or read at night to gather information. And it started keeping me awake. Like I would listen to a podcast to learn about someone's career or something, whatever I was interested in. And it would kind of get my brain thinking and I would get ideas going and then that would, I would have trouble falling asleep. So sometimes if I'm really awake and having trouble falling asleep, I'll read like Harry Potter or something that's um, kind of like magical and not related to my life at all. And it will kind of like put me in a different mindset and it helps yeah. me fall asleep. Yeah, yeah, it helps you relax a bit before bed. And what, what type of exercise do you do in the morning? Uh, it, I change it each day, but I love spinning classes. I fortunately can't go right now since we're all at home. Um, but my family has a little spinning bike, so I've been doing my own my own spinning classes. And then some days I'll do more of like a strength training boot camp or Pilates. Um, some days I just take really long walks and stretch. Yeah. Yeah, I mix it up. Interesting. It's funny you talked about sleep and nighttime routine because I think that's super important. I was reading mm -hmm. this book called This Is Why We Sleep and it talks a lot about, um, oh. you know, not having like a template for every single person and this is the time you should go to bed, that's the time you should wake up. Our bodies are way more complex than that. And mm -hmm. yeah, I just found that really interesting. So if it's something that you're working on and isn't, isn't set in stone yet, I'd, I'd read that book just to kind of understand a bit more about, you know, what's happening when you do sleep and why we sleep and what happens if you don't sleep properly or if you don't listen to your body it's, it's really interesting oh i have to read that that's super interesting yeah. Yeah, yeah i do think sleep is so important it's something like my mom who always like worked and had kids and did all of it she always prioritized sleep and like she kind of like ingrained it in me that like if i wasn't having a good day I didn't sleep enough and that was why and she whenever other women ask her why how she does balances kids and her work and a family she always says it's because she sleeps a lot and like you know you hear other women who say they're trying to do a lot and they only sleep four hours a night and she talks about how like if she sleeps eight hours she's super productive and she gets more done than if she only sleeps six yep. so I think it's interesting like if you sleep more you're productive 
you do you can do more in less time if you sleep less and you have more time often you end up doing less even though you have more time yeah yeah it's a weird inverse relationship <laughs> yeah totally which like doesn't make sense but it, it does if you experience it and what keeps you awake at night um what keeps me awake um the power thread is never end and never ending to-do list so I used to be kept up at night by like thinking about the things I needed to do, um, which is not healthy at all. And so I actually started before I went to bed, before I go to bed, sometimes I will write a list of like three, like three things I'm thankful for or three things I'm proud that I did that day to remind myself that even if I have things I didn't do, I still did a lot. And that kind of like helps me feel satisfied and it helps me fall asleep. Mm -hmm. I've become a better sleeper, but I keep myself up with my own thoughts. Mostly like good thoughts. They're just, you know, my brain just keeps going. What's your greatest fear? Okay, so I'm not, I'm not a very fearful person because I do think like we have control over our life to like do what we want to do and like prevent our fears to the most most of the time but I think my greatest fear would be making like the wrong not that not that they'd be wrong but making like the wrong like career or life decisions that would prevent me from having an impact in my career but I don't think that should be now that I'm talking about it I don't think that should be a fear because I have the ability to like make the right choices and make an impact if I want to make an impact however I want to make an impact but I think my fear would be to like not not make a positive impact in the world, which is silly because like if I want to do that, I definitely can. So I shouldn't be fearful of it. Um, I guess another fear of mine would be climate change. I do think it's very scary, like how much the Earth is changing, and um, and it's really going to impact our generation and future generations in a negative way. But I am I am fearful that like our government and like world leaders won't won't step in to make the change that's necessary hmm. and that is a little bit more out of my hands but i can but if we vote we can make an impact on that and if you had a choice between going forward in time or back at any point in time in history not just in your lifetime which one would it be and why that's an interesting question i would go forward because i genuinely believe that you can't change the past. It's really easy to look back and critique yourself or say, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I get up earlier today? Or why didn't I finish that yesterday? Or why did I decide to make, study that thing in school when it wasn't help, isn't helpful now? And there's always things in the past that you could have done differently, but you can't change them. And so I would go forward because you can change the future with the actions you make in the moment. Interesting. And say if you could go uh, to any moment in the past, say any century you want, even um, any any time, or forward to say I don't know two thousand two hundred to when you wouldn't even be alive. I think if I were to go back in history, there's two different times I would want to be in, alive. The first would be a little bit closer to our current lifetime, so maybe like the nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties. So a time when we had like technology, we have medicine, we have a lot of the things that we rely on in our modern life that allows our modern life to be so great. 
Um, but it was kind of before like laptops and phones and a lot of the technology that we use so much in our day to day that I do think often hurts our mental health. And so being this time period where we had the benefit, a lot of the benefits of modern society, but not as many and life was like a little bit calmer. Um, and another time that I think it'd be cool to be alive would be like really far back, like hundreds of years ago in Europe when art was like the main form of innovation. Like if you go to like Italy and look at art, all the artwork and how being in the past, I think like being a painter that could paint completely realistically was like such an incredible form of innovation. Like if you think even back in fashion, how like Coco Chanel, like invented a black dress that like made women feel great and how that was like such a incredible form of innovation um that has lasted through today so i think being in a time where like these simple forms of like art were the form of innovation like really cool innovation um would be an interesting time to be alive and then i think if i were to live in a time in the future i would want to live in a time where we have and I don't know when this will be, and I hope it happens at some point, when we've used the technology we've developed to fight climate change and to stop it. And we also have live in a world where there's equality between men and women, and women have um, equal working rights, health rights all over the world, and are paid equally. The men are able to contribute to the economy at an equal scale. That's really interesting. Actually, what, what you were saying about the 1970s, I think that would be a really great time to go to in terms of technology. And just before, yeah. I mean, I remember when I was really young, when I was <clears throat> like below the age of 10, we still, it wasn't that popular with like internet and phones was something that was quite unusual and yeah. like, not you would associate your day with, whereas now like you can't really go without it. So I think yeah. that's, that's a really great time to go to. Yeah, like I remember in sixth grade, like begging my parents for a phone for my birthday and they would not give me one. They were like, you don't need a phone. That's crazy to have a phone. And yeah. I won one so badly. And like to think that like when I was born, people didn't have cell phones and um, we're so reliant on them. And they give us, I mean, they give us so many benefits. Like they allow us to connect with so many people and have so much information at our hand at our literally in our pockets yeah but at the same time it's almost it's almost too much yeah so i think it's time for some word associations is that right martin yeah shoot it away stars okay um, and i haven't pre-prepared those so it's literally whatever comes into my mind as well so it'll be cool. it's, it's always interesting okay power being strong and confident. Feminism. Being yourself and expressing it. Climate change. Voicing your concern and taking action day to day. Giraffe. Tall and calm. Warm weather. The sun. Strength. Being vulnerable and truthful. Money. Important, but should be less important. Equality. 
necessary in every part of life in the world. Confidence. Being truthful and honest with yourself. Power. Empathy, kindness, and truthful. 